Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I had been in the school cafeteria less than 10 seconds when a group of cool kids started on me. It was always the same. I tried to avoid them at all costs, but sometimes there was just no getting away from them. Oh my God, what have you got on your feet? They look like you found them on a garbage site. He smells like he's been on one too. Hey, cut it out, leave him alone. I was so relieved to hear Mark's voice. He was my best friend and he always defended me. The cool kids disappeared in a flash and I turned to thank Mark. He put his arms around me and gave me a hug. But before I go on, make sure you like and subscribe and hit that notification bell. Then you'll be able to deal with the bullies in your life too. Thanks, bro. No worries. I love you, man. I love you too. Mark and I had been best friends for years. When I was a new kid at school, he was the only one who was nice to me. When I first arrived, I was pretty lonely. All the other kids already knew each other and weren't keen on having a new kid hang around with them. But Mark was different. The first time I met him was in the playground. I was standing watching a group of boys playing soccer and Mark was one of them. As he ran past me, he stopped and shouted over to me. Hey, new kid, want to join us? My heart leapt with joy. Finally, I had met someone who was friendly. Sure. I joined their game and afterwards we sat chatting together. I'm Mark. Billy. From that day on, Mark and I were inseparable. I actually felt like he was my guardian angel. We hung out all the time, either at his house or mine. We loved playing computer games together and watching movies. Our favorite movie was about this boy who fell in a vat of nuclear waste. When he emerged from it, he found that he had superpowers. He could levitate and move objects with his mind. What I'd do to get a superpower like that? Some of the kids at school teased us because we were always together. They would yell out to us saying that we were boyfriends. Mark didn't care what they said, he would just yell back at them. So what if we are? You got a problem with that? They usually shut up when he said that. I mean, what else could they say? I never doubted that Mark and I would be best friends for life. It was one of those kinds of relationships. When you know, you know, don't you? He meant so much to me. That's why what happened next upset me so much. Mark and I were walking home from school when suddenly a car skidded off the road and started heading straight for the two of us. 
In an instant, Mark pushed me out of the car's way. I landed in some bushes at the side of the road. Unfortunately, Mark wasn't so lucky. In saving me, he had pushed himself directly in front of the car. It knocked him clean off his feet and sent him flying up into the air. When he crashed back down to the ground, I could see he had been injured quite badly. Mark, Mark, are you okay? Please, talk to me. Mark just groaned. He didn't even open his eyes. Some passerby came to help and someone called for an ambulance. On the way to the hospital, I just sat holding his hand, praying that he wouldn't die. It's at times like that that you realize how much someone means to you, isn't it? When the doctors examined Mark, they told him that he would need to have surgery. I knew that Mark didn't have the money to pay for it himself, so I decided that I would find a way to pay for the surgery. I felt awful that he had been hurt while saving my life, so I told the doctors to do the surgery and that I would pay for it. I didn't have any money either, but I had seen a job being advertised at a dangerous nuclear waste factory. They'd been looking for someone for months, because even though the pay was high, it was a really dangerous job, so no one wanted to work there. I applied for the job and they gave it to me right there and then. You're probably thinking I must be crazy, right? But what choice did I have? I had to get the money somehow. Anyway, it didn't take me long to get the money together and thankfully Mark had the surgery and came out of it feeling fine. I went to visit him in the hospital the day after his operation. Bro, I can't thank you enough for what you have done. You're a real mate. It's me that should be thanking you. You saved my life. I gave Mark a hug. I was so happy that he was well and everything was going to be fine. It was about a week later and Mark came to visit me at the factory while I was working. Billy, you shouldn't be working here anymore. It's too dangerous. Why don't you quit? I can't. Not yet anyway. Why not? I'm still paying off the debt at the hospital. Mark looked sad when I told him. But Billy... Suddenly we heard a loud rumbling and the whole room began to tremble and shake. Earthquake! I tried to dive under the table, but I wasn't quick enough. A vial fell off a shelf, and the liquid that was inside it washed over my head. Blackness started closing in on me, and I passed out. When I woke up, Mark was leaning over me, a look of concern on his face. Oh my god, Billy, are you okay? Uh, yes, I think so. I just feel a bit... a bit different. How so? Before I could say any more, the room began to shake again. Oh god, it's another earthquake! I looked up and saw a huge metal bar falling down towards the two of us. I put my hand to try to stop it, and you'll never believe what happened. It stopped in mid-air. I turned to Mark, a puzzled look on my face. Did you see what I just did? Yes. How did you do that? I have absolutely no idea. Mark grabbed me by the hand and pulled me up. Come on, let's get out of here before there's another earthquake. Once we were safely outside, we started talking about what had just happened. How could I just stop that metal bar in mid-air? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. Let's see if you can do it again. Mark picked up a leaf and threw it up into the air. I reached out my hand towards it, and sure enough, it stopped in mid-air. Oh man, this is freaking me out. Do you think I've got some special power or something? I reckon you do. What other explanation could there be? When I got home, I tried it with a book, but it didn't move. No matter how hard I tried, it just lay on the table. Maybe it only works sometimes. The next day, Mark came over to my house. I told him about the book, and he came up with an idea. Let's test your powers on a few different objects. See if you can move them. Okay. Mark gave me various different objects. A pair of scissors, a can of Coke, one of my mom's hairpins. Each time when I raised my hand towards them, they started levitating in mid-air. That is so cool. You really do have some kind of power. I guess I do. Come on, let's go show my parents. You probably can guess what my parents said, can't you? 
Come on, Billy, you don't have any superpowers. Stop joking around. I do, I do it. If you don't believe me, I'll show you. Mark picked up a spoon and put it on the table in front of me. I raised my hand and it immediately jumped up into the air and started hovering there. My mom started screaming and freaking out. Oh my god, you have superpowers. We have to tell the media about this. The, the whole world needs to know about you. My parents contacted our local news station and they sent someone out to interview me. When I showed them what I could do, they were so shocked. This is incredible. Everyone is going to want to see you do this. You're going to be famous. I felt so happy. Mark, did you hear what he said? Yes, Billy, I heard him, but I think you should save your powers for performances only. You never know, they might be like a battery. If you use them too much, they might wear out. You're right, I will only perform for audiences. And don't worry, I will go with you to every performance. You'll always have me by your side. Mark was true to his word. I started performing to people all around the world, and he was always there helping me, passing me objects to try to levitate, and basically just being there for me. I soon became world famous. Everyone wanted to see me perform, but no one was as surprised as when I got invited to perform for the queen. I showed Mark the letter I had received. This is out of this world crazy. Who'd have thought little old me would get an invitation from the queen of England? Wow, that's really something else. Are you gonna do it? Can birds fly? Of course I'm going to do it. Who would turn down an invitation from the queen? The arrangements were made and the day before the performance I went to the airport. As I sat waiting in the departure lounge I started getting nervous. Where is Mark? If he doesn't hurry up he's gonna miss the flight. I watched as the minutes ticked by. Come on Mark, where are you? This is the last call for flight BA327 to London Heathrow. Would all remaining passengers please board the flight? It was no good. I couldn't miss the flight too. I'll just have to go by myself. I landed in London and switched on my phone. Immediately it started bleeping madly. There were tons of messages, all from Mark and all saying the same thing. Call me as soon as you get this. I pressed the numbers and waited for Mark to answer. What happened, dude? Why'd you miss the flight? I'm sorry, I couldn't make it. That's a shame. Won't be the same without you. Stop, Billy, wait. Don't do the performance, okay? What are you talking about? Why wouldn't I do it? Please, please don't. I'm begging you. But why? What Mark said next shocked me to the core. Billy, you don't have any special powers. It was all a setup. It was me moving the objects. No, it wasn't, Mark. I'm the one who has the superpower, not you. I'm not saying I have any powers. I move those objects with a magnet. I didn't believe a word Mark was saying. No, I have superpowers. Billy, listen to me. I'm telling you the truth. I don't know why you're saying this, Mark. I thought you were my friend. That's exactly why I'm telling you. You have to trust me, bro. I hung up the phone without saying another word. I had no idea why Mark would say something like that. Maybe he's jealous of all my fame. Anyway, I had a performance for the Queen. I wasn't going to think about Mark anymore. I stood at the side of the stage and peeked out at the crowd. It was the biggest audience I had ever performed in front of, and I'll be honest, I was pretty nervous. I listened as they called out my name. As I walked onto the stage, the audience gave a huge round of applause. It was thrilling. I put down the first object on the table. It was an apple. Slowly, I raised my hand, but nothing happened. That's weird. Maybe I'm just a bit tired. I'll try again. But I tried over and over, and nothing would make that apple budge. Panic was starting to build inside of me as I began to hear jeers from the crowd. You're just a fake. Boo! 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 
I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what else to do, so I just ran off the stage. I could hear everyone laughing behind me. As I ran off into the side wings, I saw Mark standing there at the stage door. Billy, please, I'm sorry. It's all your fault. I've just made a complete fool of myself in front of thousands of people and the queen. I never wanted this to happen. That's why I told you not to do the performance. But the metal bar at the factory, there's no way you had magnets ready then. You didn't notice, but a protruding beam actually stopped the metal bar from falling on us, not you. But what about the leaf? I stopped it in midair. Mark looked apologetically at me. That was the wind, a coincidence. I'm telling you the truth, Billy. You gotta believe me. But I don't understand why you would do this to me. Why would you let me think I had powers? I know you've always been obsessed with superheroes. After you paid for my surgery, I just wanted you to feel as if you were a real superhero. I wanted to give you something back after what you'd done for me. At first, I was really angry with Mark for what he had done. But then I began to realize that he had only done it because he wanted to make me happy. It was quite touching, really. So, where do we go from here? I guess we agree to never lie to each other again. That would be a start. I can definitely do that. But how am I ever going to show my face in public again? Everyone will be laughing at me. I think I might have a solution. What? I'm going to put out a statement on your behalf. So, that's what Mark did. He told everyone that my powers had worn off and that I wouldn't be doing any more performances in the near future. At first, people were angry and skeptical, but eventually they came around to the fact that it had probably been a phenomenon. Mark and I were still best buddies. Nothing would ever change that. But you know what the funniest thing was? When we got back to school the first day, one of the cool kids came over and started teasing me. Hey, Billy, who cut your hair? A kindergarten kid? <laughs> You'd better not say anything like that again, or I'll use my superpowers on you and leave you hanging in midair. The boy flinched and looked scared to death. I looked at Mark, and we both burst out <laughs> laughing. My name is Tegwin Evian, and looking at me, my disheveled hair, and wrinkled uniform, you may not think I'm critical to a story such as this one. But the truth is, I am and always have been stuck in the middle. And the uniform isn't exactly my fault. After all the things I have to look out for in the day, I can't spare time ironing shirts in the morning. Ever since I was a kid, I've run into trouble at every corner, finding people in distress that I somehow managed to pull from their tense state. If someone in a crowd had something wrong with them, I'd somehow manage to find them. If someone were sick or hurting, I'd always be able to get them the help they needed. No one, not even my parents, realized just what I went through every day. It got to the point where I'd come home from the elementary school run dry of notebooks and pencils after giving them away to those that needed them more. Growing up was even worse. Even when I was made fun of in middle school for the lack of supplies I had, or my odd clothing choices that I adored with my whole heart, I still managed to find the ones searching for help. With a hug and some sweet words, they'd be on their merry way, leaving me behind. Friends fell behind after getting what they needed. Crushes left me unnoticed. I was essentially a doormat for anyone and anything. And why? I'm still trying to figure that out this very day. Middle school was mostly just a learning experience for me. A place to grow and learn from my mistakes, as for everyone. But one thing did stick. A girl I met, one I had helped, 
Maria Hazelbrook. I remember meeting her flawlessly. My mind keeps it in crystal clear condition at the far back for whenever I want to smile upon something. I had helped her in class during a test, allowing her to cheat off of my paper while I distracted the teacher with an imaginary fight in the hallway after returning from the bathroom. Sure, I got detention for a week after that, but the look she gave me was priceless. Her smile stuck in my head. Eventually, she and I started talking, exchanging numbers, and texting each night. She was the first person that had ever been that close to me. Eventually, I graduated from middle school and we split. She was forced to go to a high school that was separate from mine. I had never felt more alone in my life as I entered the doors of the high school shivering in fear. Crowds upon crowds of friends piled together, talking loudly and laughing as they spoke of their new classes. All I could think about was what she'd say if she were there. How we would laugh and bound up the stairs recklessly, taking on our classes together. But instead, I found myself sitting in a seat with strangers surrounding me. That whole day was about to fall apart until someone new walked in. She was gorgeous. And I mean gorgeous in the way she held herself. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oh, she seemed as though she didn't notice how amazing she looked. It seemed as if she had recently dyed her hair a deep pink, complimenting her bright blue eyes that darted to the floor in avoidance of the glances around her. She awkwardly shuffled to the back of the room before taking a seat next to me and filing through her bag. And I knew at that very moment that I had something to look forward to. No one seemed to pay attention to her, much like me, rather chatting amongst themselves. She was in her own world, opening her notebook and scribbling in the answers to the opening questions on the board for our first-year English class. Simple questions. I found myself unable to focus on that entire class, my face heating as I stared down at my blank paper. The days fly by with her next to me. Other classes were easy enough, and I had no struggle with passing. But in English... My grade was beginning to drop. I thought that maybe my dumb luck with helping others may have some sort of effect on her. But to my dismay, she was always put together. Always more than perfect. I found myself stuck between Maria and the new girl. Every time I seemed to get closer, Maria seemed to catch on, tossing in a few negative thoughts about what she could be. 
I never understood why she was so protective, questioning me about if I had gotten into any relationships, trying to push herself back into my life. I missed her, I did, but it was too much. The year passed and I moved into the summer. I had managed to learn the girl's name and grab her number after some close encouragement from a classmate, Aura McCarthy. Summer was going to be amazing. Maria and I had fallen out, talking less and less as I got more and more involved, not realizing that other eyes seemed to be on me as well. Aura and I only grew closer as Summer proceeded at agonizingly fast speeds. We hit the movies a few times and even had a few meals out together every blue moon. But the messaging was constant. Her bubbly tone kept me awake at night, smiling like an idiot as I looked forward to sophomore year. And sophomore year hit like a truck. My classes were simple and enjoyable, but Aura and I had absolutely no classes together. Our lunch periods were even separated. It was as if the universe tore us from each other just as things started getting good. The year before, I had been given the chance to join a mythology class that was commonly for juniors and seniors. But with my promising grades and supposed bright future, I was able to save myself a spot. That was the class that was the rotten cherry on top of the garbage Sunday. Though the class itself was wonderful, the people in it were intolerable. Four girls were constantly chatting in the corner, dressed to fit their popularity statuses, which were clearly high seeing as the teacher didn't say a single thing with each insult or curse that fell from their lips. Every once in a while, I'd catch a stray gaze and dart my eyes away to keep myself from getting into deeper waters than I already was being in that class at all. That entire week, my so-called talent had come into use in many different instances. I had stopped a poor girl in the hallway from being trampled, prevented a fight from breaking out by leading one of the parties away, and even stopped a teacher from blowing up on a student. But the only thing that was important to me was getting to the end of that week, after something life-changing had been planned. In October of sophomore year, Aura had asked me to walk her home. To many, this might have seemed casual, like a friend asking another to keep them company. But with her, it was something entirely different. I was sure of it. She reached out after weeks of little contact. It had to be something, didn't it? Friday night, the rest of the week was pointless. Tests and assignments flying by my mind as I reached the front of the school in a jog my hands gripping the straps of my backpack like a lifeline before I exited the building. My eyes darted around the heads of those around me, searching for that familiar pink that made me light up to match the hue. A few agonizing minutes before I saw her bright smile and excitedly waving hands. Just as she had asked, we walked, exiting the school's premises and making our way to a crossroad where she paused. She had frozen in place, tilting her head in curiosity at the scene before her, of a familiar figure waving their hands, with brown waves that toppled over her shoulders to her lower back, bouncing with her movements. Maria. Rushing over, she slid an arm around mine and gripped it tightly with a smile, even brighter than Aura's. All I could do was stare in awe as the two girls held either of my arms and began to converse. 
Maria's venomous tone highly outweighing the lightheartedness that Aura brought to the table. Each period made Maria grip my arm tighter before she turned to me and spoke. Hegwin! God, I've missed you so much! I feel like we haven't seen each other in ages, so I thought I'd rush over to say hello before you walked home. I really didn't mean to interrupt anything at all. Aura broke through the silence that I nervously had supplied with a sweet comment. Don't worry. He was just walking me home. I'm sure this isn't a problem. Once I'm there, you two can run off. But we had planned this, so it'd be really nice if... Uh, you could go, I interrupted Aura, nudging Maria with a helpless look in my eyes. This was the one chance I had with her, to walk her home and confess how I felt. Unfortunately, to no avail, seeing as Maria simply shook her head and kept us walking. Aura's arm had gradually slipped from mine, until she was walking across another crossroad ahead of us in a rush to get away from the tense situation. Without looking up at the light, a bright yellow gleam pooled on her frame, as a car approached, causing me to break from Maria and rush forward. All I could think about was getting her away from that moment, whether it be the adrenaline pulsing through me as I fought to get away from Maria, or knowing what disaster could have sparked if I hadn't jumped in the way. Risking all I had in that very moment, our bodies collided and we pummeled to the ground, twisting and turning onto the sidewalk where I laid on top of her. Dust and gravel coated my body as I coughed. She began to punch my chest from below. She was less than amused. Seriously? Was there nothing else you could have done? She yelled, staring down at her ruined clothing and the traffic that was now held up due to the fumble. The cars had luckily not crashed, rather fell into a standstill as the argument raged forth. I'm leaving! Don't try to follow me! Don't talk to me! Nothing! And you! She eyed Maria, sniffling. Hope you're happy! With that, who I thought was the love of my life stormed off into a crowded road of worried citizens that tried to aid her in her venture. I was left staring at what I had created. Maria's hand on my shoulder only made me angrier as I lightly shoved it off. Next time? When I say go, just listen to me. You ruined what I had! I turned, groaning as I made my way home, without another word. The next day felt miserable. Each hour that passed had no meaning to it. I felt as though I had lost the few friends I had by saving a life. I was so stuck in my own mind that I didn't see the chatter amongst the crowds that I passed, or the fingers being pointed as people spread around what had happened. Murmurs of a boy being yelled at after saving a poor girl's life pooled along the hallways, entering and leaving everyone's minds within minutes of the school's opening. I was a celebrity without even knowing it. While walking to my mythology class, I had even received a pat on the back or two, pushing past it as a mishap or some sort of miscommunication between friends. But the moment I stepped into the classroom, I knew something was amiss. Everyone went silent as I made my appearance, including the usually rather talkative side of the room, who were all staring and tilting their heads in curious manners. One specifically, the girl who seemed to be the queen bee of the group, stood and approached my stiff stance, her soft blonde hair swaying to match the sickeningly sweet gaze that met my nervous one as she reached out to take my hand. I felt as though I may pass out as her fingers intertwined with mine and her eyes burned a hole into my heart, 
Then she opened her lips to finally speak. I heard about what you did. For that girl? Her eyes trailed around the room. I don't think I've ever known someone as bold as you are. I mean, really. You threw yourself in front of a car. She looked back to me, squeezing my hand and leaning in to whisper something in my ear. Why don't we meet after school? I stood there, frozen for another minute as she returned to her group, before shakily taking a seat and realizing what I had gotten myself into. The class ran along with eyes on me at all times, causing me to pay little to no attention as I awaited the end of the day with a tapping foot and shaking hands. Finally, the last bell rang. I wasn't sure where she expected me to find her. In fact, I wasn't even sure I wanted to see her at all. But the way she held my hand... I just couldn't bring myself to ditch her. Plus, I had somehow gained even more glances after that little expression of adoration. I once more stepped out of the school to find the blonde running up to me. Her cheeks pink and her eyes a beautiful deep blue to match her ivory skin tone. Once more, my hand was grabbed as her smile grew. Her friends had gone home by that point, leaving just her and me in a bustling crowd of students. Amongst it, Aura watching from afar as the girl leaned forward. I'm Gwen. Gwen Whittle. And I'm about to change your life. And she did. I walked her home that day, and the day after that, and the day after that, and gradually, I started getting noticed. People reached out to talk to me, and I found that part of me enjoyed it. Aura was in the past. Maria was dropped. I had a friend group and everything I wanted, including Gwen. Throughout the year, I thought she was some sort of snake, preying on those lower than her. But I saw that she reached out to those in need every day, bringing them into her friend group just as she did with me. And rumors became truth. She and I ended up getting tied up into an intimate relationship as Aura and Maria seethed behind closed doors. It was perfect. And that's how my odd luck got me a seat next to the Queen Bee. I'm Eddie. I was surprised to wake up with the sun so bright out. I reached out for my phone to check the time. It was past noon. My mom was supposed to wake me up that day. The plan was to have breakfast at the Museum of Natural History cafeteria and then visit the Skeletons of Extinct Animals exhibit. When my mom heard of the show, she got tickets for us without even asking me. That's because she knows how much I'm into prehistoric animals. I jumped up from the bed in a bad mood. Mom, why didn't you wake me? I yelled, shuffling to the kitchen. But my mom wasn't there. I ran to the living room. There was no one there either, so I thought she had to be in the backyard. Mom! I called out to her. Well, she wasn't there either. I went back to my room. I picked up the phone and called her. The phone started ringing somewhere inside the house. I listened to the ringing to figure out where it was coming from. It was my parents' bedroom. No way! Is mom sleeping in? I said, barging into their bedroom. No one was in there. My mom's phone was on the bed, and it was weird that my dad's phone was also there. So where would mom and dad have gone, leaving their phones behind? Did something happen to them? I was getting anxious waiting for them to come back. At the same time, I was thinking about what I should do. My mom's brother, Uncle Martin, works at the bank next door. He stops by our house every day, 
It was the weekend, so the bank was closed that day. I still wanted to call my uncle to ask him if he knew what was happening. Uncle Martin, my parents are both gone, but their phones are here. Do you know where they could have gone? My uncle said, I don't know. I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. They'll be home soon. I went to bed. I began watching stuff on YouTube to get my mind off the issue. Speaking with my uncle had only made me more anxious. After a while, I began to nod off. I woke up with a jolt to a voice in the night. I listened carefully. The voice sounded like it was coming from the next room. Mom? I yelled as I was getting up. It was dark inside the house, and no one else was there. I checked the time. It was almost 10. Apparently, I had slept all day. I realized that I hadn't eaten anything either. On my way to the kitchen, I thought I heard that voice again, the one that woke me. It sounded like screaming. It sounded like my mom's voice. It was coming from inside the wall. I put my ear against the wall when I heard the voice calling, Eddie! Eddie! I was scared. For a while, I stood staring at the wall in disbelief. I didn't have a choice. I had to listen to what it was saying, even though I was terrified. When I placed my ear against the wall, I heard the same voice. It was muffled, and I could barely understand what it was saying. All I could make out was my mom's voice screaming my name. What was my mom doing inside the wall? This doesn't make sense. Mom can't be inside the wall, I said, trying to stay calm. Then I got an idea. The basement. Mom's in the basement! I ran to the basement door. The door to the basement is always locked because it's infested with mice. When I touched the knob, the door creaked open. It had been a long time since we'd been down there. Inside, there was a dim light. Mom? I called out to her from the top of the stairs. At that moment, I clearly heard my mom say, Eddie! Eddie, honey! We're in here! I called out to her again as I nervously went down the stairs. Thank God, Eddie, Mom said. We're here. Come over here, honey. I could hear her clearly, but she still sounded muffled. As I came closer to the light, I saw dirt on the floor. Mom, is Dad there too? I asked. She replied, yes, he's here, honey, but he doesn't feel well. We need your help. There were quite a few buckets under the light, and they were all filled with dirt. I looked up at the wall. It looked like a tunnel, but the entrance was caved in. Mom, what's going on? Why are you in there? I asked. Honey, it's a tunnel. Your dad started feeling faint as he was digging last night. I came in to help him, but the ground above us collapsed, and we got trapped, Mom replied. Mom, why was dad digging a tunnel? I said in shock. She said, Eddie, I'll tell you everything, but you have to call your uncle and tell him to come over. We need to get your dad out of here right now. I ran upstairs, called my uncle, and told him everything. He arrived half an hour later, holding a shovel and a spade. My uncle and I started working. He carefully began removing dirt from the front of the tunnel. I started filling the buckets with soil and running up the stairs to dispose of the earth in our backyard. We dug out the entrance of the tunnel for hours. Finally, I could see my parents. My dad was lying on the ground. My uncle jumped in to help him up. He took him by the arm and carried him out of the tunnel. My mom was crying. I've been screaming for hours so that you could hear me. You found us just when I thought I couldn't scream any longer. You saved us, honey, my mom said, hugging me. I looked around. Mom, why was dad digging this tunnel in the first place? I asked. I'll tell you everything, but first I need to attend to your father. Let's get out of here, she said, 
running up the stairs. I was left alone inside the tunnel, so I decided to look around. I wondered how long my dad had been digging. I walked deep inside. My dad had built a wooden structure to prevent the tunnel from collapsing. He even installed a power line and lit up the place with light bulbs. It was an engineering marvel. I was impressed. There was something sparkly on the ground that caught my attention. I looked down to investigate. Mom had dropped one of her earrings. There was a long tooth right next to the earring. I held it in my hand. It looked like a fang, but it was gigantic. Just then, I heard my uncle's voice. He was standing at the edge of the tunnel and calling out to me. The tunnel's not safe. Please, get out of there, he said. I pocketed the fang. When I went upstairs, I saw my dad lying in bed. How are you doing? I asked him. I was having difficulty breathing down there, but I'm okay now, he replied. Mom said, I'm sure you have lots of questions. What I'm about to tell you may be upsetting. The doctors diagnosed me with a muscular disease. If I don't get treatment, I'll be bedridden. We found that it's treatable, but we can't afford the medicine. Your uncle realized that the vault of the bank he works for is on the same level as our basement. Even though it's a crazy idea, he told us we could reach the vault by digging a tunnel from our basement. Your dad has been digging this tunnel for four months. We know this isn't right. Your dad is making this sacrifice for me, and we only plan on taking the two million dollars we need. Why didn't you tell me you were sick? We could have figured something out, I said, hugging my mom. I couldn't sleep that night. What if they get caught? I'd lose them both. The thought upset me deeply. That night, I remembered the fang I found in the tunnel. I got up from the bed and pulled the tooth from the pants I had worn earlier. I picked it up to give it a closer look. A tooth this big could only belong to a wild animal, but it made no sense for a wild animal of that size to have died in the middle of the city. I searched for wild animal teeth on Google. This fang was bigger than any of the ones I found online. I decided to pay the tunnel another visit. Maybe I could find other body parts belonging to the animal. I scanned the walls and the floor with a flashlight. I didn't find anything. Just as I was leaving, I saw another fang on the ground. I tried pulling on it hard, but it wouldn't budge. I found a piece of wood and used it to unearth the rest of the tooth. Suddenly, it dawned on me. The tooth was still connected to a jawbone. After working on it for some time, I uncovered an entire jawbone attached to a skull. It was gigantic and must have belonged to a prehistoric animal. I carried the skull into my room and started searching online. What I discovered literally sent shivers up my spine. What I had found in our basement was a T-Rex. There was a T-Rex skull in my room. I didn't sleep that night. When my parents woke up, I told them about the skull. At first, they didn't believe me. They said it must belong to some other animal. They were only convinced after I showed them some different T-Rex skull samples. When I said, Mom, we can sell this online and pay for your treatment, they stared at me. Could this skull be worth that kind of money? Dad asked. Of course. We found America's first T-Rex fossil, I replied in excitement. The next day, we went to the Museum of Natural History. The museum director said, This is a huge discovery. If I'm being honest, private collectors would pay at least $15 million for such a specimen. Unfortunately, we have a limited budget. We can only offer you $3 million. That amount was more than enough to cover my mom's treatment, so we accepted their offer. 
I didn't want this incredible T-Rex fossil to gather dust in some private collector's home. It had to be publicly displayed for visitors coming from all over the world. My mom got her treatment with the money we made from the fossil. My parents thank me all the time, but my dad deserves the real credit. Thanks to him, I got to touch a real T-Rex skull. We still have the tunnel. Sometimes I lightly scratch the dirt to see if I can find the remains of another dinosaur. I have yet to find anything, but I'm hopeful. I believe that our T-Rex wasn't alone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.